Hello and welcome to another edition of the Goffrey's Law Real Business Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Brad McDonald, and today I'm joined by staff solicitor James Hogcraft. Welcome, James. Hello. James is uh, one of our employment uh, law specialists within the firm and part of the employment law team here at Godfrey's Law. Uh, we're not talking uh, predominantly about employment law today. Uh, in fact, it may not even uh, feature, but um, the reason James is on today's podcast is that uh, aside from the fact that he's a successful lawyer, uh, James has had a, his hand in a variety of different uh, businesses across the years uh, and is uh, currently a uh, small business owner. So we've got him on today's podcast to uh, get some of his wisdom and some of the uh, hard-won lessons that he's gleaned over the years as a small business owner from him. So thanks for joining us, James, and just maybe give us a bit of a personal rundown, if you don't mind, about your background in business. Sure. So I started working after school for minimum wage uh, in a computer shop uh, just a couple of doors down from where we are now, ironically. The the thing I learned quickly is that I wanted more money and I had this idea that it was more glamorous and better to be your own boss as a business owner. And it was often said you're better to be your own boss and be a business owner rather than working for wages. So I, I took that on board and I started up a computer support business in the late 1990s. That was actually very good for me because it introduced me to a whole lot of um, people that I would come to build business relationships later on. So right there is one really, really positive thing about being a business owner is you start to network with other professionals and other business people and you do build relationships more than you might if you were a salary or a wage earner only. The, the road was rocky for me. I was extremely undercapitalized uh, and I was perhaps a little bit lazy as well and didn't tend to the administration matters of my businesses in the early days very well. Uh, it was a different time. There wasn't the wonderful zero type accounting management systems or payroll systems that there are today. It was all paper returns for the inland revenue and you had complex calculation schedules for working out staff, PAYE and, and the likes, unless you were a very big corporate with a very expensive payroll system. But one of the things that happened to me is I started to get into trouble with the inland revenue and filing returns on time and making tax payments on time, which was fueled by the fact that we weren't making enough money. Uh, and all of these problems I found when I was running the business. I was so engrossed in the day-to-day activities of dealing with Mm. the clients and producing the work that they needed um, and that I would go home tired and think I'll leave the admin to another day. It all snowballs very, very quickly. All of a sudden you find that you have uh, demands coming and letters coming, uh, complaining about the fact that you haven't done these things on time that you need to. You're going to face penalties. It gets very scary very quickly. Uh, And in, the, in a matter of a few months, all of a sudden, you, you're trying to climb a mountain. Whether as if you had been dealing with the um, um, dealing with the admin work on a regular basis, perhaps you wouldn't have that hole to fall into. So that's probably the strongest piece of advice I'd like to put out there to anybody considering being a business owner: mm. keep on top of the admin right from the start, and life will be easier. Wow, that's um, that's some interesting stuff in there, and a, and a very powerful 
and salient uh, message for anyone listening to this, and, and probably just a rewind, I should have uh, at the start of the podcast entitled the, this podcast is why even run your own business is the, today's topic, and, and uh, so we'll, we'll come to that no doubt, um, but you've, you've already uh, signalled uh, or singled out there uh, that uh, you came on board for some wages a few doors down many years ago at uh, PCs Unlimited, I believe it was, That's the one. Uh, and, uh, and quickly decided you wanted to be in the game yourself and, and, and turning the dollar for yourself. So, um, you know, there's, uh, there's no gig like being your own boss. Um, it comes with its ups and its downs, as you've just outlined. That's right. There are very exciting things. Getting your car or your van sign written and going out there with your business cards and your uniform on, they're all wonderful feelings uh, of of achievement and success and that you're doing something on your own and then they're not to be underestimated. They're very good psychologically. And, and as long as you are avoiding falling into a trap or a hole, uh, which I was alluding to before, then, then the, the, the experience can be a good one. So what, what I would suggest uh, anybody does before considering going into business is to really analyse, will you be better off? Mm. Um, I, I used to do consulting work before becoming a lawyer and I observed many business owners uh, who had anticipated far better sales figures or returns than they were actually generating uh, and that was demoralizing for them. I could see them uh, facing that hard reality and it bringing them down quite badly. So do an analysis, do a cash flow forecast think about how business will be, the targets that you believe you're going to achieve, you, you really need to also have a plan about how you're going to achieve them. Mm. Uh, strategy. Strategy, yes. And you can listen to uh, an earlier podcast in the series about having a strategic plan for your business. I think that uh, that, that is absolutely critical because that's going to change change the experience from a good one to a bad one. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Some some wise words there. So James, just, just taking you back to the time where... You're in business uh, back in the day, and um, you know things are not going so well. You've got the uh, revenue on your back, and uh, you're getting all sorts of scary threats. I mean, at, the, at that time, were you questioning yourself whether the, the whole dream was worth it, or what was going through your mind? Absolutely, you start to think, "Oh gosh, I wish I just kept a job." And how much easier it would be just to be a worker because you can go home at the end of the day and not worry about the problem. Although I don't think that's entirely true. I think I think workers do do worry about how their their um, employers are doing uh, the, the thing is that you find you are trapped you mm. likely as we had you, you signed a lease on a premises with a personal guarantee uh, or you have employees that you you not only do you have obligations legally to those employees to give them notice and to follow processes but you also have a moral obligation and I think all employers do feel that they feel mm. an obligation to their staff so you find very quickly that you you're in this thing, like it or not, uh, and very often you you might even be putting in your own capital to top it up to keep it going, ignoring the the, the fact that maybe maybe things are not as good as they need to be, and uh, that that is a, a, a very common reality for for young businesses, and, and many of them fail because of uh, because of that problem. So, I think uh, when it's tough, you just have to take each day at a time. Mm-hmm. And and try to keep cool, and you have to you inevitably if you're in if you're in a bad situation. I mean, if things are going well, that's great. If if things are going badly, you'll have a host of problems. I hope that you don't have a pile of unopened mail on the floor. That's a sign <laughs> of bad things. 
But once all the mail's open, you've got to start making piles, perhaps on a table or a desk, and you've got to sort out the real problems from the not real problems and the urgent issues from the not so urgent issues. And once you do something like that, then then you can find a way through it. Right. Okay. That's that's some really good stuff there. I mean, I, I'd liken it to uh, I guess sifting through the smoke to find the fires. Exactly. And, and and trying to address those fires by you know trying to put out those fires by addressing them, because. Uh, uh, you and I both know as business owners that there's, uh, you know, can be like the fog of war from time to time in business. There's so many things that demand your attention, especially when there are problems. Uh, it can be hard to know where to jump. It becomes attractive to stay home and be. <laughs> <laughs> Even more so these days with Netflix and That's right. all the modern uh, entertainment. Uh... That's not the solution. Um... <laughs> Nor is the bottle, FYI, for anyone who's listening to this. No uh, no consumable (laughs) solutions. Yes. And so you have to face it. That's right. So I guess, James, how do you, facing it takes motivation, I guess, determination, inner strength, uh, probably from my perspective, support networks, people that care about you, to ask how you're going, give you support. So how do you find the motivation in those hard patches, or how do you find the motivation to keep going? Well, those of you who know me will know that I definitely don't find it at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) What I found was mentors were very good. Um, I sort of, I was young at the time when I I was having all this trouble. I was in in my early 20s. Uh, And some of the people I had come to meet through doing business were older business people mm-hmm. and professionals and so I did lean on their shoulders quite a lot I would go and have coffee and chat and talk and and, and that's where I found a lot of uh, fresh ideas and inspiration mm-hmm. uh, and also it helped put things in perspective what I saw as unsolvable serious problems were very quickly put in perspective by wise elder people uh, as being small manageable issues that could, mm. that could be resolved mm. so I think you have to stay strong uh, if, you, if you're in trouble don't panic, don't 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 go and crash your car or something silly like that. Just just sit back, try and look at it through an external lens, try and compartmentalise some issues. Some people are better than others at that, but if you can try and pigeonhole issues and maybe if you're facing, for instance, employment issues, try and allocate a time of the day when you're going to deal with those issues so that you're not carrying it home to bed. Yeah. Great. If Good you've, advice. If you've got ten problems, try and give them each an hour. Don't carry them all together. Yes, you've got to be able to have that that ability to switch off and have mental downtime, meaning allow yourself mental space. And I mean, I know that as you know, having been a business owner for well over a decade now, uh, and it took me time to get to a point, I guess, to learn the skill of being able to switch off. It doesn't it doesn't mean to say I don't care or I don't have worries or things I need to address, but. I learned over time that I needed to turn my mind off and, and allow it to have some rest from those problems. I've noticed um, people like to meditate to do that to some degree. I'm not very good at it. I did try it. It was very nice. Um, but I, I was watching Billions TV show uh, a few weeks ago and I noticed that Axelrod there, he likes to do a lot of meditating. He even has a meditation room. Um, so maybe there's some truth in that. Well, 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 there you go. We could uh, maybe get a meditation and yoga room to to uh, fit me in uh, here at Godfrey's. Strawberry yogurt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've talked about, you know, I guess a rocky start for you. You know, you, you're, you're a young guy giving it a go, having a crack, and um, you hit some problems. 
you obviously move through those in time, you formulate a plan and a strategy, you start ticking things off with the help of some older, wiser heads. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, here we are today. And um, uh, by the way, audience, uh, young James turned uh, 40 earlier this year. Uh, last year, sorry, James, actually. So, um, so um, you know, moving into your uh, fifth decade. That's right, father feeling, like to say. feeling older and that I need to start disseminating some of that <laughs> advice and wisdom. So what are, you, some, what are some of the good things or favorite th- your favorite things about running your own business for those listening today? Yeah, the th- if I if I look back on the last twenty years, um, it's funny the poor some of the poorest and hardest moments are my best memories, oh. um, because they're memories of overcoming these sort of adversity of of uh, the situations I was in, and and sometimes having a win. Uh, mm. I had a contract dispute um, in relation to some printing equipment, uh, and uh, with the help of, of Phil um, Philip Sewell partner here. Uh, I um, I won that argument, and that really um, is a very fond memory of mine. As mm. as when when you're being attacked to be able to have some success, um, I think also the the freedom and flexibility to move about is definitely for for, for me anyway. That was really valuable. Uh, I had some staff. Uh, I was able to to leave. I was able to go and have a two-hour lunch meeting. I was able to go home or go to the swimming pool or something in the afternoon if I wanted to. Uh, that and even even if I didn't, just having the ability to do that was was actually very valuable to me. Mm. Not being locked into a um, a, a regular pattern. Yes, um, I think a lot of people uh, focus on the money, uh, and obviously the money is is important and it's a necessary corollary of being in business on your own account. Um, but I would agree wholeheartedly with your sentiment that having that flexibility and ability to take off and, and do something of your own choosing whether or not you do it is, is invaluable. Absolutely. Mm. The um, the other thing that is, is good is the relationships. I did touch on it earlier. The relationships you build with other business owners and with your clients, they're more meaningful, those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, than if you're a worker building those relationships. If you're a worker building those relationships, they usually tend to be very professional and very limited. And when you're a business owner, um, you'll often find that you'll see those guys at at, uh, at, a, at a, an event or a do or at a restaurant, and, mm. and you, you have a degree of social interaction with them, which is um, very fulfilling. Great. Yep, and I would also endorse that. It's uh, yeah, it's one of one of the uh, good things about being in businesses. Uh, building and growing those relationships because they they see you through the good times and the bad times eventually. In terms of um, where you're at now, what 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 does the future hold for you, um, business wise? I'm not sure, uh, and that's been sort of part of my modus operandi for the last twenty years. I haven't been sure what I'm going to going to do, but I've done largely the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the the industry that I have my business in uh, is printing, and uh, that's a, an industry which is sort of slowly um, dying and eroding. New Zealand Post have put their shipping rates up, and so people are, are sending less print. Um, people are using online platforms now to market their businesses, and they're doing less printing. Even the business card orders have reduced. Right. So I think that um, over the future, that business will, will slow down. And I've had to turn my um, my head to, to different Ideas. So we have a, an on-site um, shop, a Shopify platform, um, online store where people can buy some of those things. And for me, as a business owner, that was a way of 
freeing me from having to tend to the telephone or, or be available at a retail store uh, or have staff available at a retail store by, by shifting some of those products online, it meant that uh, we were able to reduce all of those costs. And ultimately, mm. it may be that um, that retail stores are a thing of the past for many businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really think that anybody considering a retail business should absolutely give quite a lot of thought to that. Uh, if you're not going to sell online, uh, and you're only going to have a retail store, then you're at the mercy of landlords, of rising rent, and of those physical limitations. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to have an online store only, then the disadvantages might be that you uh, have clients that, that want to see a physical presence as well for uh, reliability or, uh, or something measured like that. Um, they also may want to pop in and know you, uh, meet you, interact with you, or, or uh, make a visual assessment of your products. Mm. So I think at the moment in the present environment, it's a good balance to have maybe both. Yes. Yeah, that sounds really sensible to me. And, and for those of you listening today, uh, we did a podcast episode last year on having a Shopify uh, account. Um, so you can uh, scroll back and have a look at that if that's of interest in terms of what James is saying there for you. And uh, what I learned from uh, that podcast was um, doing that is reasonably easy. Obviously, some work involved, but uh, a good option in these uh, uncertain times. Yes, I really uh, I think the Shopify platform is really something special. I had uh, other website uh, shop beforehand, and it required endless maintenance and interaction with um, with the web developer, and all of that's largely disappeared with Shopify. Well, uh, the other thing that's very good about Shopify, just while we're on the topic, um, from the point of view of a business owner, is I don't need to have a merchant account or an FPOS machine or any of those um, other headaches. Uh, that end up just costing money. Mm. Um, all of the credit cards and FPOS uh, is all processed by Shopify and deposited wow. into my bank account. So uh, they get a good interest, um, not interest rate, sorry, a good uh, commission rate from Visa and MasterCard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yes, I think for anybody starting out, it's a really, really useful platform. Fantastic. Well, James, before we wrap up today, I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball. And uh, I was going to ask you what's your one piece of advice for those uh, contemplating why ever run your own business. But I'm actually going to be a little bit kinder to you than that and say, do you have any parting thoughts for today's listeners in terms of running your own business? I think uh, the parting thought is think of running your own business as a double-edged sword. Right. You, you really, it can be wonderful and it can be awful. Mm-hmm. And it can change like the weather. So have backup plans, mm-hmm. uh, protect yourself by getting your corporate structure right. Yes. We can help you with that. If, it, if it's a trust in the background or if it's a company structure or however it is, very important to have that limited liability protection uh, and uh, just keep focused on the admin. Don't let the small things slip by because they will become big things. Good advice. Look, uh, thank you so much, James, for joining us today on this edition of the Godfrey's Law Real Business Solutions podcast. My pleasure. And thank you to all of our listeners today. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the podcast. And remember, if you'd like to either be involved in the podcast as a guest, you feel you have something to say or impart to our listeners, or you'd have some topics you'd like us to address in this podcast series, then feel free to get in contact with me and my details are on www.godfreyslaw.co.nz. You can either give me a call or drop me an email. You can also find James's details on our website if you'd like to have a chat to him, either about any employment law matters or any uh, structuring uh, or asset protection uh, matters or company and corporate matters. So thank you very much for your time. Take care and go well. Many thanks. Goodbye.